0: Please stay right where you are because it's time for GeorgiaCarry.org Radio with Doug and Jesse King. GeorgiaCarry.org is Georgia's no compromise voice for gun owners. Stay tuned for valuable information on protecting your Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms. And now, your host for GeorgiaCarry.org Radio, Doug and Jesse King.
1: Morning everybody. You're listening to georgiacarry.org radio. I'm Doug King, I'm your host. I'm here with Jesse this week and we are talking about guns. Looking outside, it's it's getting to be spring out there, Jess.
2: Yeah, and it's time to go out and do some shooting and do some shooting
1: sports. You know, last week I, I talked about how there are some essential guns that I think everyone should own, and people are getting their tax returns back, and are and making some purchase, planning some purchases on what to have. And I laid out three guns that were all under $500, which are, I think, the, the essential guns that teach basic skills and training but as we start to look forward there's a lot of things that we can do other than just purchasing a firearm to make us a a more efficient more proficient and and a more responsible gun owner
2: well i think that there's a lot of that goes into being a responsible gun owner and one of those things is training and i'm all against some mandatory training but i'm all for going out and taking your gun and and going out with some buddies and, and getting some training and some Spending some time at the range with some friends, handling some guns in a safe manner.
1: And that that was one of the points that I made last week, is even if you don't own certain guns or you don't like certain guns, there's a a manual of arms that uh, gun owners should be proficient in, that they should know how to work certain firearms regardless of their preference. You should know how an AK-47 loads. You should know how to seat a magazine on an AR-15. You
2: should know how to load and use any lever action.
1: Mm-hmm. You should know how the, the safety works on a, on a Remington 700 compared to a Mauser action. These are just some of the basics that I, I think a person should be able to see certain firearms sitting on a table and know how to, to check to make sure that they're functioning correctly and that they're on or off safe.
2: So I'm looking at buying a 22 rifle for myself. Really? Yeah, I've been looking at some, but I'm not really sure exactly what to buy. I know I don't want one of the kid size ones because that's just going to be uncomfortable, right? There,
1: there are some intermediate ones. Well, first off, you're five seven, right? I'm five seven. So yeah. you're you're at an intermediate height as well. Plus, you also have to take the, the the range between your shoulder pad and the distance between that and where you're comfortable extending your arm to. So some people, even if they're not exceedingly tall, um, or exceedingly short, I should say. Prefer a smaller-stocked weapon because it is more comfortable for them to hold up, given the the, the displacement distance between their shoulder and where they're comfortable holding their hand. Um, there are intermediate stocks that make up a, a huge difference there that are comfortable for both youth and adults. And one of the most common ones of the intermediate stocks that I see is on the Ruger Ten Twenty Two, which happened to be one of the guns I discussed as an essential because it is. Absolutely reliable it is dirt cheap and it is a fine weapon to modify.
2: I thought it would be nice to have a, a 22 that doesn't kick really hard to go out and like target practice in the backyard with. You know, those little rolling targets we have in the backyard. Yeah. I'd, I'd like to shoot at those a little more often.
1: And the nice thing about the Ruger ten twenty two is magazine capacity. You can have a flush fit magazine that holds 10 rounds or you can go up to 25 rounds. And the Banana Clip 25-rounders snap together so that you can actually pull one out, flip it over, and pop it right back in and keep the two mags jungle clip together, which um, is a, a nice adaptation that Butler Creek made and then Ruger copied.
2: I need to just get out and look at some guns, I think. And
1: That sounds like a fun afternoon. I'd sounds, like to do that with it you. It does, right?
2: <laughs> so after we're done with our little weekend adventure this week, maybe we can go gun shopping.
1: Well, I've been hunting around it's online. It's date, right? Yeah. I've been <laughs> hunting around online for some things that I'd like to procure, and I've run into some really interesting things.
2: We're not buying a Sherman tank, Doug King. Okay. But
1: there... <laughs> There was a uh, Voltaire that came up for sale on CDNN this last week. And then CDNN, you know, they, they sell a lot of new guns, but they also pick up some oddball stuff. And this, uh, I may be pronouncing the name wrong, but this was really, really interesting. They wanted a thousand dollars for it. When the gun was new, uh, MSRP back in the early 90s was 2,500. Really? Yeah, in the early 90s. This was when you could get a Desert Eagle for 450 bucks. by the way. They wanted $2,500 for this gun. Do you want to know why it was so interesting? Why? It was the first commercially produced firearm that shot caseless ammunition.
2: Caseless ammunition. No
1: joke. It was 5.57 millimeter. So it was basically 223. But it had, when when you, once the round was loaded and it went off, there was nothing to eject. Weird. It is incredibly strange. I,
2: I had to let that soak in for a second. Nothing to eject. No case. So here's the thing. You know, some people have um, problems with their vision and they have to use the opposite eye. To, to cite it in, mm-hmm. you know. So with nothing to eject, it would work good for right and left. Right.
1: Yeah, that's genius. This thing was designed to be looking like a normal hunting rifle. But let's think about it in a bullpup application, right? The big problem with a bullpup is that you're ejecting right next to your cheek. So if you switch shoulders from one side to the other because you have to shoot around You're going to eject into your good eye. (laughs) You're going to eject right into your cheek because where the ejection port is is where you rest your cheek on a bullpup. Right. So uh, things like the Steyr Aug, you couldn't ever switch sides on. You had to keep it on one side all the time, no matter what the obstacle was, because it was ejecting right next to your cheek. Now, FN overcame this when they did their bullpup, the FS2000, which I owned one at one point in time, and I missed that gun terribly. It took the ejection problem, and it ejected straight down, which allowed either arm to use the firearm, and it was completely ambidextrous, but still... Now you're walking on shell casings, and if you start doing that on concrete, it gets a little bit interesting, right? Yeah. So here's a a completely caseless ammunition. Now it gets better. This rifle, and like I said, CDNN has one of them for a thousand dollars. This rifle has absolutely no lockwork. When you pull the trigger, nothing inside of it happens. It's electronic. Really? Yeah. The ignition of the caseless am, am, um, ammunition is accomplished via a spark plug. A spark plug? Yeah. So, like a car spark plug. Yes. So, when you when you pull the trigger, what Give you're doing... Give
2: me i got to turn the key and get this thing turned over. We're,
1: we're going to get there. Trust Holy me. Holy cow. Um, when you pull the trigger... It pushes a button instead of, of releasing a sear, and instead of a spring throwing a hammer forward to push a firing pin forward to hit a, 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 a uh, primer, it turns the battery current on to the spark plug, and the spark plug ignites the spark, which sets off the caseless and pushes the bullet out.
2: So this makes me think of the fifth element, Okay, where the guy's standing there and Multi-pass. he's holding a weird gun.
1: I'll just take that. And yeah, he's put, like, you it's push it's the not button.
2: even on. You've got to push, push the button it. to turn let, it on. Let me
1: take that and I'll keep it safe for you, okay?
2: Oh uh, yeah. It makes me think of that gun you had to turn it on.
1: Yeah, well this this one um the batteries in it were a very unique battery. Um they were supposed to be good for five thousand shots. And then you just replace the battery. It's now, better than our cell phone battery. Yeah. So, in a, a really miraculous concept. It was brilliant. It was way overpriced. I mean, let's let's adjust for inflation. The Desert Eagle is now four times more expensive than then. So, if it was twenty five hundred then, they'd be wanting about ten thousand now for it. No kidding. Yeah. I mean, it was it was horribly expensive. The other problem is is that with caseless ammunition, you can't exactly reload it, right?
2: No, uh uh-uh. uh. You'd have to buy more and buy more, and it was probably pretty expensive, right?
1: And it's out of production. Oh, it's there, out of production. There is no more of this ammo being made. So the gun now has ammo less. And what's even more exciting. So it's
2: just giant paperweight.
1: What's even more exciting is the batteries for it are also out of production.
2: Well, I mean, even if you had ammo, you, you couldn't, couldn't fire
1: shoot it. it. Yeah. So $1,000 at CDNN started to not look like such a great deal, even though something that really should be a museum piece. Because it was one of the only innovations in firearm technology in the last hundred years.
2: They, it probably should still be a museum piece with one of the dead batteries and, and one of the little...
1: A, a, a case of the caseless? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that if you were a true collector, if you were doing it not for fun but for museum quality collection, my goodness, you should snap on that thing. Because they're, they're just... I think that there were only like 2,000 of them made...
2: Was it on CDNN this week? Yeah. Wow.
1: Yeah, just a, like three days ago, I saw it, and I had to look it up because I looked at that, and I was like, "What is that? What thing? on earth is that?" Yeah, I, I saw. Which f- is a
2: rare thing for you because mm-hmm. you're like a walking encyclopedia of firearms.
1: Yeah. Well, I had I knew that there was a caseless gun that was produced in the '90s, and I knew that there was an electric gun. <coughs> I did not know that they were both an the electric same gun. gun. We
2: call that a stun gun. Well, and it's not really a gun.
1: The, this was. Mm-hmm. They call it an electric because it doesn't have any lock work. It worked off of the batteries and the spark plug. Really? That's insane. It, it was unique, and there it was. Uh, we were talking, though, about getting a, a twenty-two and, and hunting up. Well, that, that's what got me thinking about this was because this is a twenty-two. Five A 5.57 is twenty-two caliber.
2: Yeah, it's just longer in a, or in a different um, well, case.
1: Yeah, but if it's case less, then we're just talking about the bullet, really. Right. So... You know, five, five, six. Your your bullet weights run anywhere from forty grains up to about seventy eight grains. Um, in twenty two long rifle, your bullet weights start at thirty nine grains and go up to forty seven grains.
2: You know why I really want a twenty two? No, I want to
1: shoot the squirrels this fall. Oh, you even want to suppress twenty two then? I don't
2: want to suppress twenty two. Why not? It takes half of the fun out of it. Why? Because it's fun to try to hunt for things that are a little more elusive.
1: You know that suppressors don't make it quiet, right?
2: It no, it just takes some of the sound off of it. It takes the
1: crack out of it so it doesn't hurt your ears.
2: Oh. Oh well. Yeah, twenty two doesn't really have much of a crack. Yeah, it does. No, not compared to like ten millimeter or or the Smith and Wesson five hundred. Well those are
1: booms more than cracks, but the twenty two because the length of the barrel is supersonic and it's going to it's gonna have that supersonic crack going behind it no matter what. Unless you're shooting twenty-two out of a, a short uh, revolver or semi-auto, then you know they don't get up over the, the sound barrier. Folks, we're up to a commercial break, so we'll be right back
0: and now back to GeorgiaCary.org radio with Doug and Jesse King.
1: Welcome back, everybody. So we've been talking a little bit about Jesse's pursuit of the, the ultimate twenty two rifle and wanting to have something that she can shoot squirrels with. I, I think that you should probably run something suppressed. And you know that Ruger now has a whole line of ten twenty two barrels that are factory threaded for a suppressor. I
2: just don't want to go through the BS of getting a suppressor.
1: Well, I can't say anything about that. I mean in the in the end you kind of have to go through their BS or commit or don't a felony. Get a suppressor. Yeah.
2: And the thing is is I feel like it's unjust for us to have to pay for a $200 tax stamp and either get a trust for now or go through a background check. For something that doesn't even fire bullets
1: by itself. Yeah, the fact that that suppressors are on the NFA is really an odd thing because they're not firearms, but they're classified as firearms by federal law. It's because it
2: scared somebody. Somebody didn't understand how it worked. Said, oh, that could make them quiet and then people couldn't run away. We need to put that on the list of things that are dangerous. It was was put
1: on the list back in 1935, so it had a lot to do with mob activity. It had a lot to
2: do with morons, too. It always has had to do with morons. Yeah. And all the prohibition has to do with morons. (laughs) Yeah, well,
1: you can't legislate morality. The only way to get people to behave morally is to change their hearts, not to change the laws that that impact them. And I agree wholeheartedly with that.
2: Well, I don't even know that it's morality as much as it's moronic. I mean, people are just stupid. Look at every town and, and the moms demand action, chicks. They they're talking about gun clips. Most guns don't take clips. In fact, I only know of one or two that do take
1: clips. Right? I, I need a gun that takes a clip.
2: That would be cheap, like paper clip shooting gun.
1: No, let's do one that takes on block clips. I saw a, a Garand that popped up for sale this last week too. That would like a pretty good deal. That's, that is one of the great guns of all time.
2: That's the one you've
1: been obsessing about. No, nah, no. Nah, I, 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 the one that's worth obsessing over is an FAL. But Grand is is a piece of American history that I think is another thing that everybody should experience once in their lifetime. And with the CMP being right across the border in Alabama, it's easy to pick one up.
2: Yeah, how do you get involved in the CMP though? Wasn't there, there like a bunch of guidelines you had to do to get your club involved?
1: There, There is, and I think that there's some talk in, in Georgia Carey about affiliating Georgia Carey. I, I know that at least a couple of the board members had mentioned it to me, but right now all you have to do is join a club that is an active participant in the CMP. You have to show uh, proof of membership in an organization. You have to show proof of a marksmanship activity. You have to show proof of U.S. citizenship and of state residency. So basically... You
2: need your Georgia Carey membership card you would need your um georgia weapons carry license your driver's license and your social security card or birth certificate certificate, not
1: not social security they can't ask for that because of federal law but birth certificate yeah so there you go and with that you can order a gun from the cmp now ordering they'll
2: mail it to your door won't they
1: free of charge
2: no kidding.
1: Yeah. So I'm sure it's probably signature required Yes. Work. Yeah. But the the there's no extra shipping and handling to have it mailed to you. There's no tax involved.
2: And you don't have to do it through an FFL nope. because it's coming from the CMP.
1: Yep. And what was really cool back when I lived in Alaska, the free mailing included Alaska.
2: Well, it said it it included everywhere in the United States. They did not consider, I'm sure alaska and hawaii and what it would be like to try to mail a gun to alaska or hawaii the
1: the number of people who are doing this is so small that it really doesn't matter um mailing it up there is not that big of a deal the the big deal is trying to find an ffl but you don't have to have an ffl for a cmp purchase now right now the cmp runs basically two types of guns you can get uh, a selection of different grades of grands, which is a phenomenal gun i mean it's it's one of the best guns um George Patton called it the, the the most miraculous implement of modern warfare. So, there you go. But they also have a whole bunch of 22 caliber rifles, which goes back to what you were saying. Yeah. So yeah. I
2: need to go down to the CMP and buy me a 22 caliber rifle,
1: right? You could. They have. How
2: much are they running?
1: Well, depends on what you want. Some of them are in the two three hundred dollar range. Some of them are in the four thousand dollar range
2: i don't want to spend four grand on a 22 caliber rifle. what kind of 22 caliber rifle are you talking
1: olympic medalists what's that Uh, guns that would be suitable for using in olympic gold medal competitions
2: oh well okay (laughs) i just just want to shoot a squirrel yeah i want some squirrel and gravy i mean
1: (laughs) but but you see that's that's why my ambitions are low that's why CMP is selling twenty two rifles is because they are meeting the needs of, of people who are training for the Olympics and for shooting sports. I
2: want to sit on your mom's back porch and shoot some squirrels without aiming towards our house. And
1: I don't know if that's possible.
2: Yeah, I just have to aim at an angle instead of straight back. But anyway, you know, shoot, shoot a squirrel or two, skin it, let the kids watch, even though they tell me no eating tree rats, I'm going to do it anyway. Boil that sucker up a little bit, then fry him
1: Uh Mm -mm. (laughs) uh-huh well you know cmp has got some other guns that are coming up for sale soon
2: i've heard that they're going to be selling 1911s down there in about a year Yep. my uncle in mississippi told me to let him know he'd meet me up there (laughs) we're
1: all lining up and chomping at the bit (laughs) trying to get at those 1911s and it's about excited
2: about surplus 1911s
1: ed stone who's former president and one of the board members of gco i was talking to him about this and he's like yeah well when are they going to get the saws from desert storm i was like well since it took them from 1911 to 2016 desert storm was was in 1990 so probably in 2090 or 2092 (laughs) somewhere in there
2: well by that time, Edge Stone should be a ripe old age of probably dead. <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> I guess it won't matter then. Maybe his kids or grandkids could pick up one and I don't know, have his name engraved down under something in memory of.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I don't. You, you know
2: the whole thing of a suitable memorial. <laughs> there you go. Who, how people say in their will that they want their children to erect a suitable memorial and there's money included in the will to do that
1: yeah and then and it's quite a, a bit of
2: money so they buy a car well i mean you could buy a nice expensive gun and have their in memory of Wanda eternal <laughs> or whatever
1: uh, i don't really see the need for a belt fed 223 <laughs> if i was going to do a belt fed man i want it to be 50 bmg
2: have you seen your son and that belt-fed Nerf gun? Oh yeah, I've oh, seen he them.
1: goes crazy with it. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome.
2: Hilarious. He took that thing to school. They had um, Nerf day at school, and he took that thing to school and and he won, didn't he? Like,
1: well, uh, he we 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 did a little bit of practice beforehand. I taught him how to use cover and concealment, <laughs> get behind the desk, and pop up and hold down that button and just let him fly. <laughs>
2: apparently he's pretty good at laser tag too
1: yeah yeah he is he is wicked with the laser tag and so is his little sister you should see you should see his little sister once she gets her hand on her god it's like
2: <sighs> yeah she she gets the the evil grin yeah
1: yeah she's very toothy and with squinched up eyes and mm-hmm. nose like a little bajoran off she gets go. that
2: from you she learned that from you really yeah mm-hmm. That's the look you get on your face when you're sword fighting with them. Really? Yeah. <laughs> she does that, too.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: So, you know, it's good to teach them. You know, they've they've learned some gun safety with the Nerf gun. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, just a couple of years ago, John wouldn't have minded shooting that thing at the cat. And we've learned not to do that now. Yeah. Of course, he's grown a lot, too. But it it helps to teach them some gun safety about not naming it anything you're not planning to destroy and
1: well the bb gun helped there too
2: yeah the bb gun has helped in fact did you notice the other day he wanted to go out and, and play with his bb gun and he couldn't find his eye protection so he wouldn't go
1: yeah
2: I, when i was a kid i'd have been like all right i'll, I'll just close my <laughs> you know you
1: <Yeah. laughs> no, shoot
2: your eye out kid so we probably need to get him a new pair of of good eye protection for a little kid oakley's or Folklies. <laughs> that I'd rather do for his age of a child.
1: Well, CDNN has a deal right now. If you make any purchase, they throw in eye and ear protection for free.
2: No kidding. Yeah,
1: they've been doing that for a while.
2: Well, maybe I need to look at CDNN for a 22.
1: Well, you can just order a magazine from them, and they throw in a thing of foam ear protection and a pair of glasses.
2: A magazine? Yeah,
1: no joke. Like life? No, like...
2: <laughs> oh. um, I know what you meant. i caught you off guard on that one
1: yeah well some some of the things you say jesse i I gotta get a
2: a clip
1: yeah why is your (laughs) hair
2: falling (laughs) i hate that
1: you know there's a lot of different we're we're talking about 22s and what we should should look for i i like a lever action myself
2: i kind of like a lever action but um, i enjoy a good bolt action rifle too Really? Yeah, I do. You know, <coughs> that little BB gun I have is bolt action. I never could get
1: behind a bolt.
2: I, it's childhood and, and what I'm used to, I think. My dad had quite a bit of bolt action rifles. And when I would go out and shoot with him, we would use them. And so I'm just I'm kind of used to it. I grew up with it, and so it doesn't really bother me.
1: You know, I, I've... I've had a, a Savage with a bolt-action 7 mag. I've had a few bolts in my life, never really cared for them. Um, the ones that I liked the best were the ones that were odd, historical, like the Mosin-Nagants. Those bolts were interesting, uh, really hard to turn because it cocked on on, on, on turning the bolt up. It would cocked it, so you had to like cock it and de-seat the, the cartridge. We're, we're coming up on a commercial break, folks, so we'll be right back.
0: Now, back to org radio with Doug and Jesse King.
1: Welcome back, folks. When we were taking the break, I, we were talking about bolt actions. And, you know, I like, I like the Amos um, uh, and the Gaunt. I thought that they were fine rifles. They were historical. And you kind of had the feeling like you might, you know, just charge around a corner and, and bayonet a Nazi or something with one or at least that the rifle had done that a few times in its history. Um, but I, I never really just, I don't see the beauty in a bolt action like some people do and it doesn't, it doesn't resonate with me like an AR-10 does.
2: Well, see, I have this thing about wooden furniture.
1: I can find you an AR with wood furniture.
2: I, mean, I, I like those older firearms, like antique firearms with the, the wood stocks and the bolt action and mm-hmm. they're just pretty to me and it just reminds me of of the guns my dad had hanging up in the house when I was a kid okay so yeah the bolt action doesn't bother me now the the thing that i like is i like my little uh revolver not revolver
1: semi-auto your
2: semi-auto it's it's my little ruger lcp I, I said revolver like i'm half asleep this morning take a look at that that's pretty but what is it that is a tar 4308
1: it's it's an AR-10, which is a bigger AR-15, with wood furniture. And the, the metal on it is case-hardened like an old lever action would be.
2: So this is CDNN, I'm assuming. Yeah. And it says regular price, $4,999. you know what I have to say to that?
1: This is a Turnbull Custom, and this is very, 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 very odd. Okay. But, yes.
2: You know, I have my little Ruger LCP. I've been thinking about getting me a, a Smith & Wesson... 40.
1: Ah, ah. Why would you get a 40? You get the stopping power of a 9 and the capacity of a 45 ACP. It's like the worst of all possible worlds.
2: Because sometimes you just get something that everybody else is, says is a bad Are idea. Are you
1: professional enough to have a 40? Are you? I know I'm not cuz I've never shot myself in the leg in a school.
2: Oh wow! What You've not you seen about? this. No. Okay,
1: get your get your fancy iPhone twenty four X there. I just got and, a brand
2: new phone, and he's picking at me about it.
1: And Google Glock forty professional enough, and see what you find because there's this wonderful video out there that I'm sure a lot of our listeners had the fortune of seeing, of a DEA agent who was in a school showing off his sidearm, talking about how he was so professional and so qualified, and he was the only one in this room professional enough to handle.
2: The agent shoots himself in the foot. Are we going to play this on the air?
1: I don't think that that would be wise. I think it may have some language in it that's not entirely. Yeah, they, they
2: get a little, it's, when it's not safe for radio, they, the producer here doesn't exactly like us to do that. But Stupid people shooting guns. You know, this is... I was watching this video a few weeks ago of these. Um, well, I'm just saying. saying hey. No, they were Muslims and they were playing with AK 47s and AR 15s. Yay. And they were shooting them, shooting them, shooting them. And then the one guy lost control. Like it knocked him on his butt and he falls backwards and he shoots two other guys and the lights out above their heads. So there's two guys laying there bleeding in the dark.
1: <laughs> Wow.
2: <laughs> I'm like, yes, this is what happens when you hand idiots firearms.
1: So anyway, this guy's DEA agent. He ended up suing, saying that the video being released um, damaged his ability to work undercover. I think it really damaged his reputation as being professional enough to handle a Glock 40. You
2: know what happened was when he went in as an narc, and everybody's like, aren't you the guy that shot himself in the foot in the video? And he's like, crap.
1: Yeah. But at least they didn't shoot him because he already took care of that himself.
2: Yeah, they they were like, man, we're not going to shoot you because we understand that you've already done it yourself and that you'll just live through it because that's what happened the last <laughs> time. It's yeah. not worth it. Just get out it of here. It was an
1: elementary school classroom, too.
2: <sighs> he shot himself in front of a bunch of kids. Yes. How many anti-gunners did he create that day?
1: <laughs> uh, anyway, so when you start talking about getting a 40 caliber um, that's what comes to my mind is, is, are you professional enough to well, you handle? Know,
2: you have some non-millimeters and I've, I've shod them and I used to be terrified of that Glock you have.
1: The Uzi nine millimeter.
2: No, it's, it was the
1: Glock The phase plasma uh, rifle in the 40 watt range,
2: the Glock. Okay. I used to be very scared of it, but it would, when you would fire it. It was just so loud to me, and now it doesn't even bother me anymore.
1: Yeah, well, you shoot the five hundred a few times in an enclosed space with an elementary school teacher next to you, and next thing you know, those yeah, blocks just don't I, see. <laughs> I
2: took Doug's ah! son's teacher to the range with me on ladies' night. Big and
1: shout out to Miss Squires, you're awesome.
2: And uh, we decided to fire Doug Smith and Wesson and five hundred.
1: And here's this little school marm there with with my. Six-inch hand cannon, and they're running through ammo like it it was twenty-two, not like it was three dollars a shot.
2: Well, in my defense, <laughs> I had a bunch of people begging me. It happens to, every to, time
1: to see what it was. I told you, you can let them shoot it, but just ask five you- bucks for for a rental you
2: take that thing into the range and everybody starts standing around you and suddenly where you were a nobody you are the bell of the ball <laughs> well,
1: let, let me tell you about my experience at the same range you went to okay yeah i went out there and i had brought my um h and k usp 45 right right and it's got a, it's a tactical one that has a really really long barrel and i was shooting a bowling pin match and the way bowling pin match works is you've got a, a um four by six piece of plywood making a table and they put five bowling pins on the table in different places and you have to not just knock the bowling pins over you have to knock them off of the table so if you don't hit it and knock it off the table it tips over and now you have to hit it and get it to roll off the table but what happens if you hit a bowling pin on its side
2: it just spins around right. in circles.
1: So it makes it very difficult. You've got to knock it off on the first try. Otherwise, you're left never getting them off the table and you don't... Are
2: you the guy that scarred up all their bowling pins? I'm pretty sure you are. Oh,
1: their bowling pins were, were nasty to begin with. Okay, so we're shooting and, and everyone's doing well. And I'm doing fairly well. And because I've got a longer sight radius and I'm using a bigger, heavier bullet, I'm doing exceedingly well as long as I hit the target, right? So they decided to game the last ma- round, the last level... To make it so that I couldn't just clear it quickly. So what they did is they put all the bowling pins in a straight line, straight out from me, vertically from my shooting position. Right. So
2: you're talking about you look at one and all of them are up behind it. it.
1: Uh huh. So what happens okay. when you shoot the first one?
2: You you knock it back and, and it rolls. And all
1: up. of them go side to side and they all start spinning and you can't knock them off the table. What a
2: pain in the butt. Right. You showed them. You brought out the Smith and Wesson 500. I asked,
1: "Can I switch guns?" They're like, "Sure, you can do whatever you want." I pulled out the Smith & Wesson 500. I put in a 700-grain flat point. Okay, so that thing is a tenth of a pound bullet. Uh The front of it is completely flat with a cylinder. There's no curve. There's no point. There's nothing. It is just a wall of lead that moves at 950 feet per second. Okay. I only put one in the chamber or one in the cylinder.
2: You knocked them all off with one.
1: Shoved them straight back. All of them went... off the back end of the table with one shot.
2: And what did they say?
1: I got a round of applause.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's not about knowing how to aim it. Sometimes it's about knowing which gun is best for the situation.
1: Yeah, having having the right tools for the right job. Um, I shot the 500 at an, a different competition down in South Georgia. There was a three-gun match, uh-huh. and they had these little tiny, very tiny steel targets that were all standing on a steel... Um, sawhorse, uh-huh. and there was like fifteen of them, and you had to shoot each one, top, knock them all off. And so I switched over to the five hundred, and I put in—I didn't have a, a big, heavy bullet, but I had a solid bullet, and I shot the steel sawhorse instead of shooting the targets.
2: Did you get in trouble for that?
1: No. A yeah. lot of people were hitting the sawhorse, but the problem was they didn't have as much energy as mine did. So when mine hit the sawhorse, it went boom like that, and they all fell down. All of them fell down with one shot. That's smart. Yeah. It's all when I'm playing a game, it's about figuring out the rules and gaming the system, and that's exactly what I did in both instances
2: and this is why you're an attorney
1: that is why I'm an attorney,
2: <laughs> but you know the the Smith and Wesson five hundred it gets people's attention when you're at the range and everybody's wearing hearing protection. You fire that thing once, boom. and everybody in the other lanes are like, boom, "What was boom. that
1: <laughs>
2: so then they all gather around you, and the next thing you know, you're doing a demo. <laughs> so, And then everybody wants to, like, touch Hellboy's Gun. Yeah. (laughs) Because it looks like Hellboy's Gun.
1: Jeremy and I tried for a year to figure out how to design Hellboy's Gun.
2: Just paint that thing red.
1: No, it's because it's got to open up. It's got to be the top break. His was a top break. And we thought, well, what if we took a 500... And we got a, a virgin 500 cylinder that wasn't bored out, and we bored it out to something that was manageable, right? Right. So it had a lot of steel around it. Like, what if we did 357 or 350 or uh, like maybe a 357 maximum? So it would be a longer cartridge and more powerful, but it'd have all that extra steel around it. Could you do a top break with a real caliber? There's, there's the stress is involved. You just can't pull it off.
2: Yeah. It was for movies, and I'm sure that any firing of that firearm was completely computer animated.
1: Yeah, but we were, we were trying to figure out a way to do it because it would have been awesome to have a four-inch X-frame that, that pivoted like that, and Jeremy could pull it off. Trust me. If anyone could pull it off, Jeremy could pull it off. We were trying so hard to figure out what caliber you could run. It, the the stress is involved. We could basically run like a 32 h H&R Magnum, but then you'd have a gun that weighed six pounds and you were shooting a bullet smaller than your pinky finger. Yeah, right. I saw a a, um, a Magnum Research BFR revolver come up for sale in 4570 recently. Really? Yeah. Cartridges. Holy cow.
2: Yeah, that's crazy. You know, I'm really seriously thinking about buying another handgun, though. I'm I'm looking. 10 millimeter. No, you know, all the jokes aside, I'm really looking for a 1911. Delta Elite. I don't want a Delta Elite. I'm not a defense attorney.
1: But you know a defense attorney.
2: The, you're trying to get me to buy it for you instead of for me. And? And? Um, <laughs> okay. I don't I don't personally want to carry an, a Delta Elite.
1: You can get one in 22 TCM. I'm gonna, I guess i going
2: to buy you a crummy Glock. If you keep one, I'm going to punish you with Glock.
1: You buy me three crummy Glocks. No, just
2: one. No, three. Just one. Then I can trade them. No, you're not trading anything. <laughs> We're coming up on a commercial break, folks. Stay tuned, and we'll be back with our last segment.
0: And now, back to org radio with Doug and Jesse King.
1: Welcome back everybody and you've been listening to GeorgiaCarry.org radio hour this week and Jesse is going to tell you how to join GeorgiaCarry.org which is why we're actually here not to talk about all the things that she should buy me. So. Jesse, how do you join Georgia
2: Carry? Oh, you can join org. Is that what we do every year when we pay that $20? Yes. Oh, yeah. So, $40. anyway, it's $20 a person.
1: But there's two of us. I,
2: yeah, but there's not two of everybody that's listening. I mean, there may be a single person listening that doesn't want to pay $40 a year for a membership. It's 20
1: But there, But there may be a family of four, too, and then it'd be 80 bucks.
2: Yeah, because everybody joins up their newborn baby. I did. I know. Can I just talk? Sure. Okay. So to join org, you go to org, click on membership, and you can pay your $20 a year right there. Or you can show up at any of the local festivals. They just did the Big Shanty Festival, was it last weekend? Yes. And they, I'm sure, signed up some good memberships there. Plus, any of the local gun shows, org sets up the local gun shows and talks to people about gun rights in Georgia and how the laws can be changed further and how to join you can also go to any of our local chapter meetings i know the northeast chapter is having a meeting today so at some time at the flying machine Mm -hmm. Um, and other local chapters you can find on facebook and and they have their chapter meetings you can sign up at any chapter meeting
1: which is a, a great opportunity to meet people and, and to get involved, and getting involved is very important.
2: You know, they say that we never shoot, but sometimes our chapter meetings go out and to the range together and, and do shooting days. Do they? Yeah, so the anti-gunners accuse us of not even shooting the guns we fight so
1: hard to keep. <laughs> I think the pro-gunners accuse us of not even shooting the guns we fight so hard to keep.
2: Yeah, Sometimes. sometimes they say that we're not actually using our guns. I use mine for self-defense. I had it behind my back the other day when I run the Jehovah's Witnesses off our property. Right. I wasn't sure that he was Jehovah's Witness, though. Anytime somebody parks halfway up, up your driveway and then walks Start the rest of the way, up yeah, it seems a little bit like they might be up to no good.
1: Yeah. Especially when you don't have a gate over half your driveway.
2: I only realized he was Jehovah's Witnesses when he started talking about good news. And I told him the good news was he could walk back to his car because he was trespassing. No. But that's the way it goes. I just don't like people coming up to the house when we, when I'm there alone with the kids. It makes me nervous.
1: You know, you run the Jehovah's Witnesses off, but then you get upset when Prince dies. Isn't that a little bit?
2: I'm not the one that was so upset about that. My sister is. I mean, I'm not like happy Prince died, but at the same time, I didn't like cry over it. <laughs>
1: Yeah, every, they're dropping like flies this week.
2: What's up with this?
1: Chana died, too. Yeah, that was sad. She was too young.
2: She was 42, wasn't she?
1: I want to say 45, but yeah.
2: She was pretty young. That That is sad. Jerry,
1: they, Jerry Lee Lewis.
2: Jerry Lee Lewis. Was that the same day Prince died?
1: Yeah, all three in one day.
2: No kidding.
1: But I guess, you know, when you've got six billion people in the world, there's probably quite a few who all die on the same day.
2: Just famous ones tend to
1: dying threes
2: dying threes and they got the all three of those in, in one day
1: it's like knock it out of the park get it over with because they didn't want to run into so the weekend kanye
2: west you are still safe alive. for another week
1: still alive kanye
2: safe for another week
1: yeah <clears throat> sometimes you have to wonder
2: I'm, I'm looking at this picture of kanye west justin bieber and miley cyrus and i'm like for real these people are still here
1: well, Britney Spears is still kicking around, too. I yeah, but put, at least
2: she's, like, quiet
1: now. I wouldn't have put money that she would have made it this long. What's she now, what, like 40?
2: You know, with the way she acted in, in her 20s, I, it was, she was crazy. Shaving her head and Justin, uh, yeah, Justin Federline, what is his name? Kevin Federline. That was her first husband. I was like, yeah, I don't know if she's going to make it. And then Miley Cyrus was on Disney Channel and... My mom was all about some Cyrus talking about Hannah Montana. And I said, that girl is going to grow up to be worse than Britney Spears. And
1: mark my word, it happened. Yeah, well, you know, there's train wreck. There's only so much spotlight any one ego can take before there's real issues that pop up.
2: Well, there's also this thing of parents not teaching their kids that they're not perfect. When you teach your kid that their crap don't stink. Then they grow up thinking that they're perfect and that everything they do is funny and cute. So then when they dress in nude colored underwear and go out on stage at the music awards and and hump somebody's leg, then that's cute.
1: Yeah, not so much.
2: What happened to being ladylike?
1: I don't know. I think it went out of vogue in the 50s. That was the end of that when people I mean, didn't want to be.
2: These girls won't even cross their legs when they're in a skirt. Sit like they're wearing a pair of jeans. Everybody sees their underwear. It's sad. But anyway, if you like listening to our radio show and you're listening on your cell phone or on your Internet at home, save your Wi-Fi, save your bandwidth and call your local radio station. Tell them you want to hear us on your radio station. It's quick and easy. Then you send us an email and tell us who you spoke with. We'll follow up with them and tell them why they should be carrying georgiacarry.org on your local station.
1: Yeah, and if you send us an email at radio at georgiacarry.org, we can follow up with whoever you spoke to. Just let us know who the station manager was, and we'll get in contact with them and help get this show syndicated on your local network.
2: And if you have any show ideas or topics, we would love to hear those. So if you'll just... Um, get in touch with us on the georgia facebook page and drop us a message on there and and give us an idea of a show topic that you would like to hear us discuss we would be glad to do that in a future
1: episode i was listening to a podcast this last week and i got an idea of something i think that we should start doing on here in the future what shout out corner
2: shout out corner
1: yep you can drop us a line on the facebook page and we will give you a shout out on the air
2: and see here, I was going to bring my uh, electric guitar and we were going to do like this whole Wayne's World
1: segment. What's that?
2: You've never seen Wade, Wayne's World? I
1: don't know what the segment would be.
2: Like, well, it was only like a five minute show. <sighs> so um, we could like play my guitar for a second and then talk about the gun of the week or something. I don't know.
1: Well, yeah. you. It'd be a little more folksy, especially if you brought the dobro.
2: The dobro. Hey, I could I could do the ukulele one week.
1: Do, do 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 yeah do, Doug, do. okay
2: i played that on the ukulele when i first got it and he won't well, let me live it down no <laughs> so anyway we're up to the end of the show get out there enjoy the spring weather do some shooting sports with your family tell your wife to, that you need to use part of the tax return to buy a new gun don't tell her you have my permission i'm not gonna take the beating for you
1: and remember, folks, every great radio announcer has a signature sign-off.
0: This has been Georgiacarry.org Radio with Doug and Jesse King. Georgiacarry.org is Georgia's no-compromise voice for gun owners. Tune in each week for valuable information on protecting your Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms georgiacary.org radio, Saturday mornings at 8 on News Talk 1160, the talk of the town.